Blessings to Israel presents Discerning the Times, a program committed to encouraging you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Now, in honor of the one and only true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, please join us for today's program. Welcome to Discerning the Times. My name is Brian Thomas. So great to be with you alongside my co-host, Dr. Bruce Logan, who I will bring in shortly. But before I do, let me remind you, as I always do, that your eternal state is far more important than your current state. That means for those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the best is yet to come because we will spend an eternity in a perfect presence, a perfect kingdom in the presence of our almighty Lord. But for those of you who have rejected him, you will spend eternity in the lake of fire separated from our almighty Lord. So I encourage you today, accept the gift of salvation that only comes by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So once again, folks, I want to welcome you to the program. Now I'm going to pull in my co-host, Dr. Bruce Logan. Doc, always good to be with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And that's just a, a blessing uh, to be on again. And I'm super excited about today's program because I'm a big fan of our guest today. I've been following his work uh, just for quite a long time now. And I listen to him when I'm at the, when I'm on the treadmill, when I'm driving in my car and, and now to be able to speak with him <laughs> live is just a, a, a honor. So I, I can't wait to get into today's program. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. Cause we have a, a very special guest that we are excited about and blessed to have today. I feel like I'm in the presence of royalty, being in the presence of you, Dr. Logan, and our guest, <laughs> who is Todd Hampson, a prolific author. That's not an exaggeration. That is actually an understatement. He is a very prolific author. Uh, Todd Hampson is joining us today, so want to bring him in. So, Todd, it's great to have you. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Oh, I tell you what, guys, it's an absolute honor to be here. And uh, yeah, I got to go. I got to go get a pin and pop my head because it's all big and swollen from you guys giving me <laughs> accolades. But uh, no, it's an honor to be here. I just, you know, it's an honor to to serve with you guys and to reach people with this great message uh, from Scripture and to point them to the Lord through the compelling evidence of Bible prophecy. So thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Amen. amen. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, an honor to have you. So just a little yes, bit yes. about Todd for our audience. Todd, again, a prolific author. He is a speaker, illustrator, animation producer, and the best-selling author of the Nonprofits Guide book series. He's also the co-host of the Prophecy Pros podcast alongside Jeff Kinley. His award-winning animation company, Timbuktoons, has produced content for many well-known ministry organizations, and he and his wife are the proud parents of three adult children, and they make their home in Georgia, the home of the Bulldogs. So Todd has a big <laughs> smile on his face these years as the, the Georgia Bulldogs are cranking out all these championships in football, so so he's a happy man. That's but, right. But uh, but Todd, we have you here I'm today. Feel, feel, you, you just had to bring that up, right? You just had, to, <laughs> had to do it. You just had to do it. I had to rub Beat it in the face of the, of the Buckeyes Beat guy. My Buckeyes on the last second field goal, man. <laughs> no, you just you just had to go uh, there. <laughs> yeah, we, but you won't hold it against them. No, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, we have Todd on to talk about the illustrated guide to tough questions about the end times. And definitely the three of us believe that we are living in the end times. We see things that are happening today. And what you have written, Todd, in, in this series alongside your, your co-host, your co-author and co-host of your podcast, Jeff Kinley, 
It's something that's so vital because there are things happening today that have a lot of people scratching their heads. Even non-believers are seeking answers. And so you two have written this book, again, the illustrated guide to tough questions about the end time. So very relevant, very vital to the times that we're living in. So to get us started, explain the format of the book and, and what inspired you and Jeff Kinley to produce it. Yeah, that's a great question. It's basically we were through the podcast, we get Q, a lot of Q&A, a lot of questions that come in. And a lot of the questions were similar or repeated. And it was a lot of um, a lot of people that had never studied Bible prophecy for before were suddenly engaging with scripture and hearing about Bible prophecy and trying to figure out what in the world's going on right now. So in order to equip them and give them a really easy to use um, resource, we put this book together and it's, it's basically the top 100 questions that we get about the end times and it's categorized in 10 different categories. So for example, there's, there's 10 questions on the rapture. There's 10 questions about the signs of the times. There's 10 questions about the millennial kingdom and, and, and several other things, but it's all in chronological order. So they can literally read it cover to cover, or they can just say, Hey, I, I have questions about the rapture. Let me dive into that chapter and they can bounce around or see if one of those questions kind of resonates. So it's really, it's really designed as a resource or something people can just read cover to cover to get a, a good grip, a good handle on Bible prophecy and eschatology. Yeah. And, and what I love about what you do, you and Jeff Kinley, is that you you have it packed with charts and timelines. So, folks, it's not just the the text, you know, just black and white text is it, very visual. And that's something that you guys just do a great job of. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's a full color book. And it's uh, we, we come up with and it's not real complex charts. We, we spend a lot of time. I spend a lot of time on all my books trying to make the charts simple and easy to understand with references so people can see kind of how we got there. And uh, it's it, what I'm finding is most people are visual learners, to, at least to one extent or the other. And they, they like that added component of having some kind of in, informational infographics uh, looking uh, artwork and stuff in there. So it, that really helps. That really goes a long way to helping people understand the topics in each section. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Doc, I think you have a question about the millennium. Yeah, first of all, I just want to respond uh, to to what you just said in describing your book in regards to your charts. And one of the things I just want to uh, maybe mention that really stands out to me is the fact that I really, really appreciate how this material is written. It's written in such a way that if you're a new Christian, just really being introduced to this topic for the very first time, I mean, you could learn so much. But even if you, you know, someone like myself or Brian or, or, or somebody even more astute that's that's really into the topic, they can also garner quite a bit um, uh, mm. from the way this material is presented. And I just, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. It's just really incredible. You know, this writing style, I just love it. And these visuals, um, you know, as you say, some people are visual learners. And I've always said that, w that when you can achieve or receive information through the eye gate and the ear gate at the same time, mm. I mean, it enhances the learning process to no end because, you know, basically in the Bible, that's what Jesus used oftentimes when he gave the parables. He related something that they could uh, visualize mm -hmm. and to make a spiritual point. You know, and it was just a, an awesome tool of learning that I really appreciate. But uh, the question that I have uh, is that I'm, I was looking here and, 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 I, and it was interesting. You, you mentioned the, the, the uh, charts and graphs. And I was noticing mm -hmm. here on page 34 that you talked about three views of the millennium. 
Um, could you speak to that just for a moment for our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we present our view in the book, and it's kind of our view in terms of the, the timing of the rapture and the nature of the millennial kingdom. And a lot of believers have never even heard of that before. They don't even know there's a millennial kingdom. Um, they, they may hear people talk about the kingdom of God and just think it's generally speaking about the church age or or God you know, saving people and his kingdom growing. And there is that overarching aspect of God's kingdom. But um, many people don't realize there's there's actually three different views about this thing called the millennial kingdom. We call it the millennial kingdom, meaning it's a thousand year kingdom. And we learn about that at the end of the book of Revelation, where where uh, John says six times that it's uh, a thousand years is, is the duration. But there's a difference of opinion or a difference of interpretation by smart people who disagree about the nature of that kingdom. Um, and so those three views are the first one is the, the pre-mill view or the pre-millennial view. And what that means is that Jesus is going to return pre or before this future kingdom age. Um, the Old Testament talks at length in, in the prophets and in the Psalms and a few other places about this future kingdom age when a descendant of David is going to be ruling from Jerusalem. Um, so we believe that's a literal future kingdom. And again, the, the time frame for that's not given in the Old Testament, but it is in the New Testament. Um, so, so I'm pre-mill and you guys are pre-mill. We believe that the rapture, that the return of Christ, that Jesus is going to come return to earth before this future kingdom age. Uh, and we get there by using a literal hermeneutic or a literal interpretation method, meaning just like all the Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled literally, we believe all the yet future prophecies will be fulfilled literally. So there's there's no reason to to switch gears or or change lanes, you know. Um, but another view is, and this this view is not that popular anymore, but it's the post millennial view, meaning that Christianity is going to so grow and t- and take over the world that it's going to usher in the kingdom or we're going to, we're going to get so many people saved that it's going to be good enough for Jesus to come back. <laughs> you know, right. Right. I've heard um, that a lot. Yeah. yeah. I used to hear that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, that view was the prominent view or one of the most prominent views until uh, world war one and world war two, when they realized, yeah, things ain't going so well anymore, you know? <laughs> so, right. 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 That, right lost favor. But the, the, the biggest view, and in my, in my opinion, it's an incorrect view, the biggest view in terms of the most Christians around the world that hold this view is what we call amillennialism, meaning, and that means no millennium. That means uh, it's just symbolic of the church age, that every, everywhere in the Old Testament where it talks about this kingdom and everywhere in the New Testament where it talks about the kingdom, it's just talking about the church age when Christ rules through believers. Uh, but there's all sorts of problems with that. Uh, the biggest being they have to completely reinterpret the Old Testament and ignore large chunks of the Old Testament to get there. So um, while that's the most popular view, I think it, it's the one with the most problems. I think the the most clear view is pre-mill that we're liter- Jesus is literally coming back and there's literally going to be a, a kingdom age before the eternal state. Yeah. A- amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Absolutely, Todd. Uh, another area that I want to ask you about, I think a lot of people get sort of tripped up and confused when talking about last day's events. And, and one of the things that causes me to almost pull out the little bit of hair that I have um, is I, I hear people talk about the end of the world. Is the end of the world about to happen? And and that when that happens, according to them, you know, everything just blows up or ceases to exist. I don't know. Different Mm -hmm. people have different variations, but 
Speak about the the order of events when we're talking about mm-hmm. where we are today and, and wherever you want to start. I mean, if you want to go back to the cross at Christ, but just bring us up to the order of events and, and how things are going to actually transpire as we go into what's going to be eternity. Sure. Yeah, that's a that's a great question and a common one. And and to be real, uh, there's no single verse in Scripture that that clearly in one passage lays out in chronological order all the the order of events. Um, so what that causes some people to do is say, well, then how are we supposed to know? Well, certain things in Scripture are easy to understand. You know, John three sixteen, a, a four year old child can understand salvation based on that. But when it comes to the deeper things of God, um, we, it's, it's not just Bible reading, it's Bible study. <laughs> so mm-hmm. God, it, by nature, you have to study it to work it out. Um, but it's not random and it's not forced. Uh, when you talk about the order of end time events, there are key reasons we believe this. Um, and I'll just go over kind of the end time events and then kind of talk about how we get there in terms of the big, big brushstrokes. Uh, right now, we're in what's called the church age that began with at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. Of course, before that, you know, Christ did his work on the cross. So the beginning of the church age was Pentecost and the church age will end with the rapture of the church, with uh, with the bride of Christ being taken out of here. And then after that, we believe there there's necessarily a small, at least a small gap period. Uh, some people say it's days, some people say it's weeks or months, or some even think it might be years. I tend to think it's going to be fairly brief uh, but there's a gap period and then the start of the tribulation period, which which commences with the confirming of a covenant between the Antichrist and Israel and many other nations. Um, then the tribulation period is a seven year period. And we'll, we'll talk about why that is here in a little bit. Yeah. Then at the end of that seven years, Christ returns to the earth with the church who's been in heaven with him to set up a future thousand year millennial kingdom. At the end of that kingdom is what we call the the great white throne judgment. It's the unbelievers judgment when they're raised from the dead to basically um, face judgment for their works. They're they're not covered by God's grace because they rejected Christ. So they have to answer for their works and then they're cast into the lake of fire. And then it's that the Bible says God recreates a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And it's kind of like uh, the garden of Eden again, where heaven and earth are back together and that's the eternal state where God dwells with his people in perfect harmony for all eternity. So, yeah, it, you can't say the end of the world is upon us because there's a whole bunch of stuff that necessarily has to happen mm-hmm. uh, before that. So yeah. and, and scripture informs us about all those things, which would be insane for us to believe if it were not for the fact that God has a 100 percent track record of his prophecies coming true. So he mm-hmm. he gives us this built in proof of authenticity based on past prophecy to let us know we can take him at his word and we can trust him for future prophecy. Yeah. Exactly. Amen. Amen. And one that. of the yeah. reasons why, you know, I say it sometimes makes me almost pull my hair out is because Todd, you, you and I've had conversations in the past, private conversations with ministry. And we talk about the millennial kingdom, which will be here on the earth, as you said. And so that means we mm-hmm. have at least a minimum of a thousand years of ministry still left because there are going mm-hmm. to be people in that during that time that will be born and they are going to need to make a decision about Jesus Christ. And so uh, when you look at that, along with the tribulation, so we say really a thousand and seven years minimum. So, yes, that that mm-hmm. whole thing about the world coming to an end. A lot of people just really don't understand that. And to our audience, mm-hmm. um, we're going to share with you at the end of the program how you can get a copy of this book. 
where they cover all these topics that we are discussing. So I do encourage you to go out and get it. So, uh, Doc, what do you have up next? Hey, man. Hey, um, well, I noticed uh, that oftentimes, you know, when the topic comes up, there's a lot of confusion about the difference between the rapture of the church versus the second coming. A lot of mm-hmm. a lot of people tend to conflate the two as one and the same. But uh, yeah. what would you describe uh, as the difference between the rapture of the church versus the second coming of Christ? Yeah, that, that's another great question and another common one that people have. And there are different views on that, uh, which we could save maybe for we could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> <laughs> But we, yeah. we believe that the rapture and the return are two are part, both part of the Lord's return, but they're two separate events. Uh, and actually, it's similar to the first coming. You know, when you read the scriptures, you, you come in, say, Luke 2, for example, you see that Simeon and Anna are awaiting the Messiah. And there's a whole, you know, obviously we celebrate Christmas. It's a whole big thing about the birth of Christ. And then, then when you read, it kind of fast forwards to the ministry and the, the work of Christ on the cross. So, even the first coming had two two parts to his first coming, so to speak, uh, and the second coming is is similar. Uh, the rapture of the church is when we're taken to be with Christ. We're taken to be with Him in the air, and it says, "So we will ever be with the Lord." But then at, you read at the end of uh, the book of Revelation that we return with Christ, with our wedding garments on. Um, so there, there's there's some things that have transpired in heaven while the tribulation period is going on. Uh, in earth. So we, you, the three of us hold to the pre, uh, the, the pre view, pre mill view and the, um, uh, pre millennial view of the rapture that the rapture right. happens prior to the tribulation. I'm sorry, the pre trib view, the pre trib right. view is that the yeah. rapture happens prior to the tribulation. There's also a mid trib and a post trib. Yeah. Um, but scripture is abundantly clear. And I think we'll get into this as we talk that, Pre-trib, I think, has the most strength and is very clear in Scripture. It's not even a question about it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so the rapture is uh, is the resurrection. We go to be with Christ, uh, and then the return of Christ. We return with Him, and the purpose of His returning is to kill His enemies, <laughs> so to speak, judge the judge the nations, and then set up the millennial kingdom. So, like you said, Brian, part of our preparation now many people don't realize this but we're preparing for our work in the millennial kingdom mm-hmm. so you know that's exciting all the things that god has put into our heart and all the things we've worked for in his name he's going to use it here but he's also going to use it for a thousand years in the future so that's exciting 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 reason for us to work hard and look forward to our future yeah yeah Amen. that's super exciting it is. Mm-hmm. And that's great perspective, Todd, because one of the things I, I hear from people in ministry sometimes who are discouraged and they say, well, things haven't gone the way that I hoped that it would. And, and I'm kind of disappointed and it looks like everything is coming to an end. But I say, no, <laughs> we're just getting started, because, as you said, that's we right. have we have that 1000 years in the in the millennial kingdom to to share Jesus Christ with with those people during that time. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's that's great perspective. So as you said, we believe that the rapture of the church takes place before the tribulation. So that's the next thing that we're waiting for to happen, that it can happen at any mm-hmm. moment. And then the seven year tra- uh, tribulation transpires. You cover in the book the judgments of the tribulation. Why do you think it is important for believers to know about the judgments if we're not going to be here anyway? 
I think several reasons. Um, well, for one thing, it's God's eternal word. So he wants God wants us to know the future. He wants us to know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. if for nothing else, so we can avoid that. Those who trust Christ now can avoid all of that. Um, but there will be this this um, large uh, explosion of believers early in the tribulation period. It's going to be important for them to know what's going on there as well. But we, we see through these, these 21 judgments, there's, there's seven seal judgments, seven trumpets, and seven bowl judgments, and then a whole bunch of stuff that happens in the middle of the tribulation period. But all of those things, even in, this is what I love about God, even in the midst of his judgment, there's part of the purpose is to extend his grace. Because you see over and over again through those judgments that people are given the opportunity to respond to God all the way up until the midpoint when they accept the mark of the beast. At that point, they're, they're no longer redeemable. They've chosen sides. They've aligned with Satan, you know, basically, uh, you know, pick their sides. But up until that point, God's mercy is shown. There's even a gospel angel that uh, it says in Revelation that flies around the entire wor- world. And the Greek there is like he's zipping like lightning to every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every person to make sure that everyone hears the gospel before final judgment falls. So, and another reason I think it's really important for us to know as believers is because we can discern the times. We can see the tribulation area casting its shadow on us, so Mm -hmm. to speak. We can see conditions developing that line up with some of those judgments. Um, And also it's just, it, it displays God's sovereignty. God is holy. God is just, he is full of mercy, full of love. But the other side of that, he also with his justice is judgment. He has to judge evil. You know, if, if we were to let the Hitlers of the world get, get, get a pass, there would be no, there would be no, you know, God wouldn't be seen as righteous or just. There has to be some kind of justice when all is said and done. Yeah. And I love that term. You Amen. said casting its shadows already. We see so much in the tribulation and, and again, to our audience, we're, we're scratching the surface. So we encourage you to, to go get the book and to dive deep into this, But when we look at things happening today, the WHO talking about all of these things coming into this whole global uh, way of ruling. Mm -hmm. And and when you hear things about the digital currency and I could go on and on and on. But those things are letting us know that we're on the verge. We don't make predictions. But but as you said, those shadows are are being cast already. We see it already beginning to Mm -hmm. unfold. For sure. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just enjoying this conversation to to the nth degree <laughs> because every one of these topics can be an episode in and of itself. And so it really like, good. As yeah. Brian says, we're just literally just scratching the surface, and but I'm so grateful. But um, another question that I have is that um, I remember when I first you know accepted Christ and started going to church, and I, I I went to a church that had a lot of young people, but it had a lot of older uh, members. And uh, they used to, you know, uh, give off the idea that heaven was going to be just like some eternal or some kind of eternal uh, church service. Like we're just going to mm-hmm. be like for for throughout <laughs> eternity, we're just going to be having church. <laughs> and and uh, but you know, as I began to study, I, I began to see that that wasn't quite lighting up. And so, what would you say what life was going to be like? I mean, you could speak to either or because we can mm-hmm. uh, speak about because you, you write it in your book quite a bit about information about what what life is going to be back in uh, what, what life is going to be like rather in the millennium and also mm-hmm. in the eternal state uh, yeah. after the conclusion of the thousand years. So either one of those, what will life be like uh, either in the millennium 
or uh, in our uh, when we get to the eternal state? Yeah, sure thing. I'll, I'll hit a little bit on both if that's okay. And yeah. I, I've heard the same thing that that uh, people assume heaven's going to be a any a perpetual church service, or we're going to be fat babies with harps sitting on clouds for eternity. <laughs> Both of those sound a little bit more like hell than heaven to me, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, God created us to be, we're, we're created in his image. We obviously love adventure and surprises and, and working, you know, one thing that's going to be, that is going to be in heaven is work, but it's not going to be work with toil like we have now. Right. Think about the, the thing you love to do the most. Maybe it's, fishing, maybe it's writing or playing an instrument, whatever it is that you can make a living at, God's going to have things like that for us. When we work for him, it's going to be just complete enjoyment. Um, so to, to answer the question directly, right now, heaven is a bit of an intermediate state. So if a believer dies right now, they go in their spirit to be immediately with the Lord and they're with him and they're, they're, they're loving it. Everything's great. But even they're awaiting the rapture because that's also the resurrection. So at the rapture, we get what's what the Bible calls our glorified spiritual bodies or our glorified heavenly bodies. So in other words, our current bodies couldn't even handle what we're going to experience in heaven. We would we would explode on impact, you know, <laughs> but wow. but God's going to give us bodies that can see the sights of heaven, see colors we've never seen, you know, smells smells we've never smelled that are beautiful and all this kind of stuff. He's going to prepare us for for life in heaven. Then this is kind of weird. I tell people it's kind of like Chronicles of Narnia, where we return with Christ. We we no longer have a sin nature. We'll be in our heavenly bodies. But those, uh, the Jewish remnant and anybody else that survived the tribulation period will enter the millennial kingdom in their natural bodies. And like you said, Brian, that's we'll be witnessing to them. We'll be telling their descendants who are born after them, hey, you know, this is what the Savior did. This is what you need to do to accept them but we're going to be with them in their natural bodies. Then at the end of the millennial kingdom, when God creates the new heavens and the new earth, uh, it says a new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven. Uh, now I believe that's probably our living spaces now where Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. If, if they're in my father's house, there are many living spaces. If it were not so, I would have told you that kind of thing. Right. I believe that's in the, in the new Jerusalem. Now that comes down out of heaven and it says, once again, God will dwell with mankind, that he will be the light. The sun will no longer be needed. Uh, if anybody wants to do a really cool exercise, read Genesis 1, 1 and 2 and Revelation 21 and 22. You'll see that God completely restores things to his original order in, exactly. in, in even better form. It's amazing. So, And also, um, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but John, when he's describing heaven, he says it was like this. It was like that. The, the things that God showed him, what heaven's going to be like, he couldn't even put into words. Mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing to me that the tribulation period is from chapter six to 19. The millennial kingdom is only one chapter and then heaven <laughs> only has two chapters. So there's a lot of mystery there. There's a lot we don't know, but I think we'll be exploring the universe. I think God has God is a loving heavenly father. Every loving heavenly father loves to surprise his kids with gifts that are bigger and better than they could even imagine. So I think that's what we're going to experience is just a an eternity of being surprised by God, learning more and more about his holiness. And we, we can't even imagine. It's like trying to explain to an ant how to build a 747. We can't even imagine what heaven's going to be like because we, we don't have that glorified spiritual body yet. 
Amen. Uh, but when when we do, we'll we'll see it for all it's worth, and uh, I can't wait. Yeah, it will be anything but boring. That's for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, I just just listening to you talk, it makes me think about what I heard your your co-author state once. He said, "If that doesn't get you fired up, then your wood is too wet." Uh, that's right. Because <laughs> it, that should get us. I mean, it's just thinking about the awesomeness and the greatness. And, and a couple of things, too, I was reminded of as you were talking. My, my grandmother, who passed away a couple of years ago at 98 years old, godly mm-hmm. woman, loved the Lord. And she would talk about heaven. And she used to tell me of how she had a friend of hers who used to say, well, when I get to heaven, I'm just going to eat honey and float on the cloud and drink milk. That's all she's going to do. <laughs> and my grandma yeah. used to say, what kind of, what kind of an existence is that? And, uh, and I said, yeah, grandma, that's, that's not the way it's going to be. And also when you talked about having, having jobs, you know, I remember when I was speaking to a mm-hmm. friend of mine and when I, I asked him one day, I said, what do you, he's a believer as well. And I said, what do you think your job is going to be in the Lord's kingdom in, in heaven? And he said, what you mean, you mean we're going to have to work? And I said, uh, I said, well, we will have jobs, but it's not as work as we see it today as, as right. hard labor. That's like right. you said, something that you enjoy. And I know myself, mm-hmm. I love doing yard work. I love going out and mowing my grass and then just standing back and looking at it. And I tell people, I said, I, I'm going to have a, I think my zero turn lawnmower that I have now is great. What, whatever Jesus is going to have for me then is going to blow that away. That's I don't know. Right. It might be a mower <laughs> made out of pure gold. I don't know what it's going to be like, but it's, it's going to be something great though. So, all right, Todd, we're going to wrap up here. Um, but just one other thing I want to touch on or a couple of other things. So in, in going forward in the eternal state. So basically, as you talk about the new Jerusalem coming down and God himself, God, the father is going to come down as God, the son, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ will have already been on the earth for a thousand years. So really heaven and earth will become as one and we will go right. into the eternal state. So, so that's the way you see it as well. Um, yes, sir. Yep. What about for the unbeliever? Where will they spend eternity? Sadly, yeah, they'll be in the lake of fire. Um, the Old Testament talks about Sheol or hell, which is a place of suffering. And then um, that we, there comes a point in Revelation where it says hell itself was thrown into the lake of fire. So it's one way I heard it described is it's almost like Alcatraz, where there's a prison in the middle of this uh, big body of water. It's inescapable. They're there forever. It's not a good place to be. So it'll be the same thing. Hell itself will be in the lake of fire. Um, it is a place of, of punishment. Uh, I've heard a lot of people cite, I think it was C.S. Lewis said, if there's one doctrine I could get rid of, it's the doctrine of hell. Mm. Because we don't want people to go there. We don't like to talk about it. But it's necessary. And, and God has done everything possible to keep people from going there. It wasn't even created for people originally. The Bible says it was created for Satan and his demons. But when people align with them and reject God, they wind up in the same place. So it's a, a sad state of affairs, but it's it's one or the other, and we're eternal. So we we need to choose now who we're, where we're gonna where our where our eternal destiny is gonna be. And He's done everything to get us to heaven. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, folks, heed the words. If you're out Amen. there and if you've not received Christ, we have an eternal eternity that is awaiting us. It's either going to be in the presence of the Lord and His kingdom, or in the lake of fire. So that's why I always yeah. encourage come to Jesus Christ at the beginning of our programs. So we're going to wrap it up. I yeah. think, Doc, you have one last question for Todd before we close things out for today. Yeah, first of all, I just want to say when you you were just talking about things in our eternal state and then when our glorified body that God, you know, is going to surprise us and, uh, with things, you know, in the universe. Mm. And I, I'll just start getting goosebumps when you saying that because <laughs> like I just it just so happens that I'm a like a big fan 
of like the tel- Hubble telescope and this new James Webb telescope oh, yeah. and like watching the images that come back. And I, and, I, and I think about that all the time. I'm wondering if God is going to allow us in our eternal state, you know, mm-hmm. to like get on the Starship Enterprise and just like, zoom, <laughs> uh, you know, warp around, you know, the yeah. galaxy and see some of these marvels, see some of these marvels up close. And I just, I think about that all the time, but that's not yeah. something that you can you know, normally would teach like in a class or, or maybe you would, but uh, it'd be beyond what some people would really be able sure. to comprehend. I, I call um, that sanctified speculation. It, it yeah, lines yeah, yeah. up with the exactly. principles of scripture, yeah. but exactly. it, it makes a lot of sense. I, you it, know. Makes, it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if I, this fallen universe is that beautiful, can you imagine what the new created oh heavens and earth mm. is going to look like? Mm. Wow. I, I don't think our human mind can even, even comprehend it. No, but, man. Uh, but real quick, I did have one final question, and, and it pertains to the our current events uh, that we are, uh, you know, that surrounded us, that, that we're inundated mm-hmm. by on a daily basis. Um, like, what are some of the current world events would you say are the most significant uh, signs that could be uh, pointing to the fact that we could be nearing the rapture of the church? Mm-hmm. Because we, we hear we hear the term "living in the last days." You know, I've heard that for the past forty years since I've been saved, but but yeah. Uh, but what would be some of the things um, that you would say that would indicate that this literally could be more than just the same? That we literally yeah. could be living um, in the last days. That's a great question. And you know, one, I'll, I'll give you a few conditions that I see. But first, there's a legit fulfilled prophecy, and that's Israel becoming a nation again. Uh, every Old Testament prophet, except for Jonah, prophesied that Israel would become a nation again in the last days. So Israel as a nation again, and there's so many other things related to how it, how it came back into being that, that also fulfill uh, prophecy. So that's the super sign. Then aside from that, I think we have several things that are conditions, like we talked about earlier, where we see the, the conditions of the tribulation era casting its shadow before itself. So these aren't necessarily signs, but they're, they're trends and forming uh, conditions that we can watch. And one, you guys have mentioned globalism, the fact that we're pushing for a global government and it's out in the open, that's compelling. Um, the technology that's going to be needed for the mark of the beast at the midpoint of the tribulation. Uh, the, all the pieces are here. It's just not all together under one global government or being con- controlled by one man yet. But literally all the technology for that to take place is in existence today. Amen. I find that very, very compelling. From AI to blockchain technology to digital currency to you name it, all of that uh, is is pointing towards the future mark of the beast. Um, and to me, a biggie is just all the geopolitical alignments. Uh, and again, like you said, each of these statements could be a, a show on its own. But the Ezekiel 38 war that has Iran, Russia and Turkey heading up a coalition of nations that's going to come against Israel in the last days, that's forming before our eyes, like literally just like scripture said it would. Uh, and also how the whole world is coming against Israel. And there's a rise of anti-Semitism. Um, the U- United Nations just recently passed a thing saying that every year they would celebrate a day in the United Nations that says the founding of Israel is, is a mistake. And it's, it's a bad thing, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you just can't make this stuff up because the Bible says in the last days, all nations will come against Israel. Um, so that and so many other things, the weakening of America lines up with in terms of uh, geopolitical alignments. Uh, so so many things, literally, you can't keep up anymore. Uh, and all this sounds strange and maybe complex to people who haven't studied it before. 
But when you do study the specific prophecies of the Bible, it's like putting on infrared goggles where you can see what's happening in the world is lining up with the Bible more and more every day. Mm-hmm. Amen. Wow. Amen. Wow. Man, Very that's so well good. Said. Yeah. I wish we could go mm-hmm. on for hours and hours. This is I such know. good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, this uh, this could go on for this could go on all night. I mean, I was I'm yeah. just loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> well, and to our listening uh-huh. audience, you know, there are a lot of you that if I were to make a guess, I would guess that you're probably at a church that does not talk about these type of things. Um, mm-hmm. I do encourage you to to address it with your pastor. And, and if the pastor is not willing himself to do it, encourage him to bring in someone like Todd. Todd and Jeff Kinley with the Prophecy Pros, they go speaking all over the, the country. And, and if you're un, unable to bring them in to speak, at the very least, pick up their books, um, listen to their podcast. So, Todd, to close us out, share with the audience how they can follow your podcast and get a copy of this book and all the others that you've authored in the, in the series. You bet. Thank you so much. Yeah. If they just go to toddhampson.com, that's H-A-M-P-S-O-N.com, there'll be links to all of that, including links to the podcast, links to, to all the books uh, and that kind of thing. So that's probably the, the simplest, easy way. Just go to toddhampson.com. All right. All right. Well, Todd, you have been a great personal friend for a number of years and the work that you're doing for the Lord's kingdom. I'm just in awe in the way God is using you. You're doing such great things. So you've been a blessing to to my life as a personal friend and with ministry. So I, I praise God for you and, and thank you so much for coming on. And we'll we'll be looking mm-hmm. to speak with you again in the very near future. You got yeah. it. And, and, and likewise, it's an honor being y'all's friends and, and co-ministering together and just pointing people to, to God's word and to salvation found only in Christ. I thank you guys so much for your ministry. All Amen. Right. Thank Amen. you. Blessing. Thank you. you yes. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it for this week. Uh, Doc, looking forward to being back again with you next week as always. And to our listening audience, please come back and join us as we continue to discern the times by viewing life through the lens of the Bible. Until then, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, bless God's great nation of Israel, and to the only wise God be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Discerning the Times. Please come back and join us next week as we continue to encourage you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Until next time, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, bless God's great nation of Israel, and seek first the kingdom of God. Discerning the Times is presented by Blessings to Israel.